Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. Welcome to the Sci-Files, Sci-Files fans. Yay! Yay! So, it was Rose City Comic Con weekend, and I have to say, it was much better this year than last year, probably due to the fact that they had collected quite a few big-name celebrities this year as opposed to last year when there were only a couple. Uh, That's the only reason, by the way. I, yeah, this year there was even a story that I read that uh, they were running out of tickets because of how huge it was. And it really was. There were a lot more people there this year. It was harder to get around. They need a fast lane. It was hot, actually really hot in the place this year. I guess the air conditioning was broken or something. But everywhere I went, I was people. sweating. Too many people. Yeah. yeah. All those 98.6s, you know, and the occasional 100s because they were wearing very little clothing. And were mm. really hot. There were a lot of boobs and butts this year. Yes, there was. A lot quite, of boobs and butts. Yeah, and not just male. I mean, there were a lot of female <laughs> boobs and butts too. The, yeah, there was this one that I really wish. I mean, to male and females, it's kudos if you feel the confidence to wear very little things. However, be warned, there are people who don't really want to see. One of them was this guy that was, a, it was like a girl chick. I know it had, she had boobs. I mean, it's kind of one of those people that look like they had the face of a guy, but had boobs, had a belly, but it looked like uh, she was oh, in yeah. a bikini. She was in, she was in the question line for John Barrowman's. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, um, yeah, there are things that are just wrong. And the way this woman was, woman... And I say that with question in my voice. Exactly. <laughs> what she was wearing was just wrong. And, and yeah. Not very flattering, I take it. <laughs> no. Uh, flattering wasn't anywhere in the building next to this woman. The, um, the second one, I... It, it could have used a little deflated. Huh? Yeah. The second one, I kind of was like, okay. Well, wasn't too bad, but at the same time, it was one of those things you don't really want to see. Imagine... Aerosmith or any of those genres with the type of hair and very skinny and the TARDIS dress. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't uh, like I said, it wasn't horrible, but it's something I probably didn't really need to see. I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna quote a famous comedian, and I honestly don't remember who said this, but this is my advice to any and every cosplayer out there. Spandex is a privilege, people. <laughs> it is a privilege. And if you haven't earned that privilege, don't wear the spandex. No. 
I remember hearing some other comedian saying something like, uh, dress your weight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's a privilege. Uh, now, the other thing, oh, the last thing is there was a chick who happened to be, I want to say she was between 13 and 15 years old, dressed in a Leia costume with very little fabric. Yeah. I was a little concerned with that because she's under age. Well, to me, she looked really underage and well endowed for being about 13, 14. And the fact that her parents allowed her to wear that outfit. Yeah, that one. And the fact that she was either wearing a G-string or nothing underneath the Leia slave costume at all. Because she flashed quite a few people going up the stairs. So, um, Yeah, if she was of age, hey, baby. Nice job. If you were underage, well, I, I can't say anything. I really. Can't. I think the one that really got me there was um there was this father and daughter uh, duo walking around. He was dressed up like Corbin Dallas, and she was dressed up like Lilu. She had to been like ten, mm-hmm. maybe, and she was her outfit. Okay, so we've seen a lot of the uh, people who dress up as Lilu. Mm-hmm. And they always they always end up wearing the they always end up having the bottoms that aren't very revealing. Yeah, she was wearing the most revealing version of that outfit, and it was kind of gross. I actually wanted to walk up to her dad and go, "What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> what I are mean, you doing, Dad?" I and mean, our own our own Danny, who you've heard on on previous episodes, actually has a Lilu costume that's really really good. Yeah. Oh, you got to see Danny this time. I didn't see her. Uh, I ran into her. I didn't oh, okay. see her. Yeah, yeah, she was with her kids. Um, That's cool. Because she was originally supposed to work uh, a booth this I, year. I know she was trying to get tickets for her, into, like a family ticket for her family so she could bring her family with. So Yeah. I'm, she, good job, Danny, for being able to make it. We're glad that you're able to. Yeah, she was actually at the, bar, uh, she was actually at Barman's, uh, at, at Barman's, um, panel so it was actually pretty cool yeah yesterday's yeah she, she was towards the back you know uh, okay. so so yeah i even went in cosplay but i went in weight appropriate <laughs> cosplay and i actually and i'm gonna share it since our last episode i teased it and i wouldn't say what it was this i'll, I'll tell you what it was now uh all i wore for my cosplay was not all i wore i wore clothes uh, <laughs> but on my left arm Remember, people, dress your weight. Dress your weight. <laughs> I wore a string of Christmas lights. It's a, a little gadget that I got that is a, a wire with a little battery box on it. Mm-hmm. Flip the switch, it'll turn the lights on. And I wore those wrapped around my left arm. And the purpose was that people would come up, see the lights, and go, what's that? And I said, this is my cosplay. Because I'm an overweight dude, so I would say that this is my cosplay because there are not a lot of cosplay costumes that... Uh, I can get into with this fantastic physique that I've got. And so I came as a holiday drunk, whereupon they would pause and, ah, I don't quite get it. It's like, that's because I'm lit like a Christmas tree. And that's my joke for the weekend. <laughs> and I got quite a few people, everybody laughed at the joke. Uh, I actually had he one... He's funny. Hey, they laughed, so it was good. I had one girl actually ask me if I was cosplaying as the Demi-Gorgon with the lights on my arm, and I have no idea what that's from. I oh, mean, uh, that's from Stranger Things. Is it from Stranger Things? And she said, I've heard people talk about the Demi-Gorgon, and I just wanted to know if that's what you're cosplaying but as. it's also I'm, a Dungeons & Dragons reference. Um, I've just got lights on my arm. I'm like, no, it, it's much sillier than that. I'm cosplaying a holiday drunk. <laughs> and she didn't get it until I told her, and then she laughed. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, that was uh, that was my cosplay. Not nice. a big deal. Nice. Um, 
I and I'm doing the ums, and I actually got to talk to a couple more voice actors about it. Oh, nice. Uh, specifically, one. Uh, her name is Charlotte Chung. She does the voice of Diva for Overwatch. The yeah, Overwatch I was video actually there at that panel too. Yeah, I was at her panel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually got to talk to her about it because her. The she did the panel with. You don't even look like Demi Demogorgon. Amy was it Amy Pohl? Was that the other gal's name? I think that's where. Over yeah, she did her I'm panel with Amy Pohl, who said um a lot during her oh, poll. Totally, yeah. She owned the shit out of that thing. But Charlotte didn't, and so I yeah. asked Charlotte. I went up and said, "Hey, so were you aware? You know, Amy had done all these ums, but you didn't." She's like, "Really? I didn't." I'm like, "No." She's like, "I wasn't even aware of it." And I said, "Do you have tricks that you do for the ums?" And she's like. I don't even realize that I'm not doing it. I want to think that if you do, <laughs> you should um, have another um special. If you do, if yeah, um, so here I come to um the day. <laughs> so I want to think that if you do a lot of like live reads or uh, just take after take after take after take, yeah. of having to do perfect reads over and over and over again, that you'll just kind of stop doing. I want to imagine that's that's yeah the case, but yeah. she said she didn't realize she didn't do it because and her what she does is that she quickly thinks in her head what she's going to say beforehand, so to her mind she's actually pausing before she speaks, ah. um, which makes sense. Uh, that's actually a lot of the advice that I get. Uh, another one that I talked to there, whose name I can't think of, and you'll probably get mad said the same thing. He's like, don't be afraid to just stop talking until you get what you're going to say in your head. And then go. And then go. And that will help you with that. So that was good. I got to talk to Catherine Tate, Yay. which was funny. She was a uh, one of the Doctor Who companions. She played Donna in the Doctor Who series with David Tennant. And I got to ask her my question. And she basically said that she just started doing the conventions last year so that she didn't have a lot of experience answering fan questions. Yeah. But she did say that there is one that she wished they wouldn't ask. So I had, of course, know what that was. And she said she wished fans wouldn't ask her what was it like to work with David Tennant because, well, that was a snooze fest. <laughs> and I tried really hard over the weekend to get to David Tennant to be able to ask him the question and tell him what Tate said because I'm that guy with the stick that likes to poke things. But I didn't get a chance to, unfortunately. David was really busy, uh, though I did get to sit his panel. And I didn't get to record it, uh, so we don't have any audio of that. But I also got to do John Barman's panel. And I have audio. And I got to talk to John during his audio. He was actually one of the few people. He was actually the longest one that he got to talk to John Barrowman, too. And for the nice. second time in a row, John <laughs> pointed his butt at me. So I, I get to be proud of that. Because yeah. the first time I talked to him, he, he, uh, he flashed his butt at me. And his this time he did it again. He, his butt <laughs> loves me. Because he did it again. He even thumped well, the microphone on yeah. his butt at me this year. <laughs> so that was really cool. So if you get a chance, it's actually already up on YouTube. Uh, I'm there. You'll hear me in the background. You don't get to see me, but you'll hear me talking with John. Uh, and I get to make fun of him. And I want to say that I think I got the better of him this year. Uh, but he did get the last word, so, you know, maybe we're Indeed. even. I don't know. <laughs> he did, um, 
I don't know. I think the verbally molested the first time you actually talked to him on the panel was still up there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he did verbally beat. molest me the very first time I got to talk to him. Yeah. So that's on the 2016 or 2017 uh, Wizard World, Wizard Con one. I think it was 2016 Wizard Con yeah. because you just spoke to him here. Yep. And you, I don't think he was at the Rose City of last year. Yeah, he was no, not at Rose no, City No, the last previous year. year he was at Walker Stalker. Yeah, he was at, yeah, yeah. so... So I had a lot of fun with John Barman, and uh, uh, he answered my question as well, which is basically he said he's been asked everything, and if he can't immediately come up with an answer, he'll deflect it and make you laugh with whatever he says anyway. And let's go ahead and play that clip right now. Hi, John. Hi. This is Axel. Welcome back to Portland. Thank you. So last time I got to talk to you here, you gave me some advice because I asked you. I wanted to share with you I'm what I'm not sure happened. where this is leading. Are you happy with the advice or were you not happy? Well, you gave me the advice, which was basically a long-winded cease the day. And... Uh, <laughs> and I helping people out by telling them all the advice and giving them the big explanation and he says fucking like seize the day <laughs> oh my pants are falling down what yes go ahead so the very next weekend applying your advice i got hired to do a podcast oh yeah right after that i got involved with a cooking show for weight loss called cooking off the pounds Okay. As of the fifth episode, I lost 24 pounds. Cheers, good for you. Also, I'm doing... You're only losing weight because you want to, right? That and I'm not eating. <laughs> that's no fun. Well, I get to eat what I cook, which... Yes, but that's know. good, though. But what I'm saying is you've made the choice to lose the weight. Yes. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, good. And the show helps because when it gets aired, everybody's going to be looking at me and going, okay, yeah, he's losing, all right. Okay. And also got to do some creative consulting and starship design for a sci-fi movie. Oh, good. Independent. Okay. So that's what happened. Wanted to let you know that your advice was taken, and I kind of want to blame it all on you. That's fine. Also, I have no problem with that. Also, right after that, somebody asked you a question that had to do with sex, and you said you felt like and Oprah. And I hope you seized the fucking day on that one, too. Oh, I did. I did. It made me think. You said you felt like Oprah, and you wish somebody would just ask you something like, what's your favorite color? Yeah. That made me think. I'm really worried now. Yeah. It made me really think what kind of question I could ask you that was neither of those things. I'm sitting down for this now. So, and I've asked a bunch of celebrities, I've gotten some funny answers, I always tell them to blame it on you, and that it's, and they always tell so, me So, wait a minute, I helped straighten your life out, things happen to you that are wonderful, and then you tell other celebrities that I'm an asshole? No! They all say, every single one of them has said, this is a great question. Oh, okay, so I'm a fabulous asshole. <laughs> so you've said. So I've said. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, I got to play, okay? Okay. So here's the question. That's fine. Hurry up. We only have 13 minutes left. Of all the years of answering fan questions, has there ever been a question you wished you'd been asked that you've never been asked? I have been asked possibly every question in the book. Because I'm an open book, I don't have a problem answering things, and sometimes you'll notice that if I do get asked a question and I deflect it, I know how to deflect it, that I'll still give you something you want to hear. It might not be exactly what I want to say, but it's something that I know will get a laugh out of you, right? Yep. So uh, it's called, that's called training. <laughs> so um, there's not, there really isn't a question that I have been asked. I mean, I've been asked everything from sex questions to what's the most bizarre gift that I've ever been given by somebody, to, um, you know, what happens when we first wake up in bed in the morning, to how's my mother, to, you know, is your sister a lesbian? You know, Carol? <laughs> she hates when I do that. But she could do anything for a Wonder Woman costume. I'm just telling you all that now, right? <laughs> so, um, what? What are you going to ew for? I'm trying to get you a free Wonder Woman costume. Shut the fuck up. You're going to have to sleep with somebody. <laughs> I can, and you know I, that was never a problem before you were married. Hey, you know what? What? I, I can hear you back here. I know you can hear me. That's why I'm shouting at you. Anyway, what is the, what, what would you, what would be your, I mean, I, I, what would be your bizarre question, the question you'd ask? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the best answer I've gotten so far, which was from... I don't give a shit what other people think. This is about me today. This is appropriate. Okay. Steven Derek Prince, voice actor, said that he wished somebody would ask him what animal he would like to come back as if given a choice. And he said, a dolphin. And the reason is because they're the animal that has the most sex on the planet. Right back to sex for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know how to follow up with that one, except I'm never fucking a dolphin. <laughs> Thank you, John, for You're your advice. You're very welcome. And may your life continue to be successful. You know, just seize the fucking day. <laughs> All right, we're back. Yep. And uh, you gotta so love that. That was so funny. That was I. I, yeah. I still I'm still giggling about it because and it was it was a neat interaction. Yes. Also, keep in mind that when you're when you do go on YouTube to watch the rest of it, it is so hilarious watching him interact with the sign language guys. Oh my God. Oh fuck. This year, yeah, he had he had a blast with the sign language guys this year. I mean, he spent literally maybe over 10 minutes on the guy in the blue trying to make it, trying to make him sign language everything he was saying. Including donger. And yeah, and huge dong. Yeah. That, and it was all for the one 60-year-old deaf woman in the audience. And she was <laughs> laughing her butt off. Because she was the only deaf one there. Oh, man. He, yeah, he was working that room. He, he, yeah, he, he's he, always fun he, to watch. He really it. commands the crowd. And I have to say, actually, though, David's panel that I got, to, I didn't get to record, but David's panel, David Tennant is a riot as well up there. He he was funny. It was a blast. It was nice to hear him talk about the various different things. You know, the moments that he was serious and giving really good advice, or 
you know, explaining something to the moments that he was joking around and being funny. And I mean, he he had the timing on his improvs were great. Mm. So it was just yeah, the the con this year was great. Uh, I got to see Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirius. Yeah, got to ask your. I got to ask the question of that in the middle of their panel. That's also I've got a recording of that. The only thing I'm kind of miffed about, and I can't believe I, I don't know, I can't believe I showed up as late as I did, but I missed Felicia Day, and like her and Linda Blair are like really the only two people I was looking forward to actually seeing. Maybe next time. Perhaps. Or Felicia, if you're out there, if you're <laughs> if you're listening to this some weird way, who knows. Maybe we'll try and tag her, her page for her and that maybe she'll listen to it. Hey, we mentioned you in our podcast because I actually did get to catch the second or the last half of her podcast. And uh, it was... Her podcast? Or not podcast. <laughs> I apologize. Her panel. But she does have a podcast. But she does have a podcast. She does. Yeah. She's got one... Um, one surprise. One that's audio specific right now. Um, she's just calling it the beta. Um, she hasn't officially named it yet. Plus, she has her YouTube channel, Geek and Sundry, and all yep. the other stuff she does. So. Yep. And she's she was she was a lot of fun to listen to at her panel. So, uh, you know, it, it Rose City Comic Con this year was really good. They had a lot of really good artists. Uh, uh, and uh, the one panel that I was really disappointed in was Doctor Who. Panel. Was the Doctor Who panel? This one was supposed to be like we are supposed to be. We're going to be continuing here. Because uh, this is also going to bleed into our Doctor Who episode today, was Doctor Who the up and coming Doctor Who, and what what might we expect and things like that? That was you know yeah. All it was was five ladies on the on no the, four ladies four one guy la- four ladies and one guy talking about everything except for what was coming up. They were, ta- I mean, they were talking about Doctor Who, but stuff from the previous Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, they don't really want to give anything away. And think. they started to. They started talking a little. Every time they started talking about, oh, we're gonna have some new monsters, and then they suddenly side, sideways back. They'd into, segue into something. Segue into the previous writer Muffet or whatever, and Moffitt. I'm like, yeah, yep. Muffet and. I, I actually almost got up and started debating with them when they when one of the gals said something really stupid, like she did not like uh, Jodie Whittaker's new Doctor Who outfit, like Why? it wasn't it was too basic it wasn't good enough I mean it couldn't it wasn't a Doctor Whoy enough outfit they could have taken oh no it's totally Doctor and I was like outfit. what the heck are you wrong with you woman her outfit is a nod to. A number of the Doctor Who oh, outfits. Big time, yeah. Big time. I don't care if it's like basic and that every cosplayer could do it because that was one of the things she said. It's like it's not difficult at all. Every cosplayer could do this one. I'm like, and one actually one of the other people in the panel said, "What well, do you want to make it difficult for the cosplayer?" She's like, oh, "No, but they could have made it more Doctor Who-y. And I'm like, "No, her outfit's beautiful and perfect for the Doctor. I mean, especially for the kind of uh, for the kind of actress she is." Well, I'm not. I'm not sure about what kind of actor she is, but I do know that everything that, that has been said about her yeah. acting in Doctor Who as the new Doctor, because I guess they just wrapped up what last month or the month before yeah. for the season, is that it's going to be a just a fantastic ride. She brought in a lot of the energy and whimsy yeah. that. 
uh, Matt Smith brought in with her own style, of course. And so, you know, if that's the case, and it is going to be this big, long, fun roller coaster Doctor Who ride mm -hmm. that is being tagged all over on the media. It's probably she's kind of her character is probably going to come off a lot like Matt Smith's did, be, you know, in the way mm -hmm. of being just like super hyper and super enthusiastic. About yeah. I mean, and that's given away in the first segment that you see her when exactly. she looks at herself in reflection and says, oh, brilliant. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be an awesome doctor. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, if, um, and if anybody out there is not um, familiar with uh, Jodie Whittaker, go back and watch the movie Attack the Block. It, she's in that with John Boyega. Also Broadchurch, the and, BBC series yep, Broadchurch. She was in Broadchurch as yep. well and in most of the series. Um, she actually plays the... The main victim's mom in that in that show. So. Yep, and, and I have to say this, and because we're the sci files and and we try and go off the rails. Before she was announced as the new Doctor, mm -hmm. and, and because I've I've seen people mention it on certain sites and whatnot that yeah. I go searching for in Doctor Who, because you'll get those people's like, hey, anybody seen any new pictures of her? None were to be found, and then she got announced as the new Doctor Who and then all of her topless shots from the BBC shows <laughs> that she's been in where she did plastered all over the internet. Oh yeah. So that's going to be my question. That when if I get to meet her, that's going to be one of my questions is how she feels about being the fanboy fantasy for Doctor Who. Yeah. Now that I mean she is it. I mean oh, yeah. there hey. were the fan girl fantasies out there for the previous doctors, oh, but she's going to yeah. be the well okay, and I can't quite say that she's the first fanboy fantasy for certain fanboys, you know, because we all know that John has quite a few fanboy <laughs> followers. Exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> but Jody's going to be the fanboy fantasy, not yeah. to be any sort of genderist or anything like that. But yeah. so that's going to be one of the questions I want to ask her. About. I mean, this is the first doctor I ever found attractive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I say any news is like good I love news. Jody. So yeah, well, yeah. I think she's. Uh, I think Jody is going to be a brilliant doctor. Yeah. I mean, just by her introduction and everything that I've read so far out there about the new series. And to me, this is kind of a fun, fun thing. We'll talk more about it in the um, in the you know in next. Or our next episode, but uh, the one thing I'll say about you know, Jody being in the show is that her character will bring, a, or her version of the character will bring a lot of new life into the series, a lot like Eccleston did um, mm -hmm. when they rebooted Here's the series. Here's a thought. Can so I'm so I am out of the one of the few packs that are not a big Doctor Who fan. So Axel will have to answer answer this. Can Time Lords be pre get pregnant? Yes. Yeah. I was actually asked that at the convention. Funny enough. Oh yeah. I in remember. the in yeah, the uh, so. in the John Barrowman panel, these uh, the gals John Barrowman had us all sitting in the aisle while we were waiting for our turn. Because yeah. normally you stand in the aisle in the queue for the microphone. He had us all sit down. So we're all sitting down, and a couple of girls were sitting there next to us mm -hmm. while we were all waiting for our turn to talk to John about you know Doctor Who and whatnot. And this one girl was like, does anybody know? And my wife, Heather, immediately pops up and says, if you want to know anything about Doctor Who, ask my husband. Because he has it. seen it all. I was like, yes, I have seen every Doctor Who episode. It is possible to see both old series and new series. And she's like, well, let me ask you. 
I always thought Time Lords were sterile. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no. No, 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 no. Not to be confused with the Highlanders. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that the uh, Time Lords at least had two daughters I'm aware of. The one in the way beginning nope. in the 50s. And then there was some blonde chick he had a daughter of in the middle that I think uh, was not quite. Matt Smith. or I think it was Matt Smith. No, it was David Tennant. David Tennant. And... No. So I told the gal, I said, no, Time Lords aren't sterile. The very first Doctor, William Hartnell, mm -hmm. his character, his Doctor Who, companioned around with his granddaughter, Susan oh, Foreman. Granddad. That's yeah. right. And that was very the character's whiny. name. You that was the very. <laughs> no, you I can't wanted, skip any Doctor I Who I wanted episode. to shoot her myself. If you want to watch the, if you want to understand all of Doctor Who, don't just watch the new series. I, I. I mean, sure, to get into it, watch the new series. If it, it gets you going and you want to know more, watch the rest of it. I will say this, though, especially like the 80s Doctor Who, for me anyway, because um, I did love the shit out of them when I was a kid. I used to watch them all the time. But going back and trying to rewatch them was really tough because, <laughs> like, first off, every episode's a three-parter, usually. Most of the time, they were yeah. multi multiple and episodes. A lot yeah. of it was a lot of boring commentary with the military, and that fucking annoyed the shit out of me. It, it depends it, on where you pick it up in the it, series. It took, I think it took me out of the series just because, like, I had a different kind of uh, patience for shows back then. Because I get the same problem with the A Team. I tried to go back and watch the old A Team. I can't do it. It's too well, dated. It's so, like, way too dated for me. I mean, how? Kind of like yes. trying to watch your childhood. Uh, the first movie. doctor, the f yeah, <laughs> the first doctor didn't interact much with the military. No, neither did the drama. second doctor. But the third doctor, John Pertwee, his yes. character, yes, interacted yes, a lot a with lot. unit. So did the fourth doctor. But the fourth doctor ran seven years. Yes. Tom Baker ran seven years and as was, the doctor, and he was my man. Yeah, he was he was brilliant. He yeah. was my favorite up until David Tennant. You know, I'm sorry, Tom. I gotta say it. You know, I was when when uh, Christopher Eccleston took it over. I was like, yeah, he did an awesome job. Then David Tennant took it over, and I was like, okay, he's my new favorite. And then I was worried that okay, they're getting rid of David, and now we've got Matt Smith. And I think Matt Smith's intro as the Doctor blew it out of the water. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah, it was Matt funny, Smith's yeah. introduction to as the Doctor blew it out of the water and set the tone for the rest of the series. And for it, him, and if it wasn't for Jodie falling out of the TARDIS, and it, like she almost felt feels like she might have some of the same weird to her, you know. Oh, I think it's gonna. I think as she said, it's gonna be brilliant. Yeah, I really do. Oh, yeah. I really, really do. I think it's gonna be brilliant. And that was the other thing that they were trying to commentate on about in the panel. Yeah, was. You know, a female doctor, you know, are people going to get, you know, all up, un, upset about a female doctor and whatnot? And I'm like, I don't think so. As what they were saying in is like, you just need to give the doctors a chance. One of mm -hmm. the things that they had said during the panel was that... Yeah, because every doctor's different. Every doctor's different. But when they switched, a lot of people didn't like the new doctors that came in. And I'm like, that's not true. I, that's what I wanted to go up and say to these people is like, this isn't true. Like I said, Matt Smith blew it out of the water. You know, he did a brilliant run as the Doctor from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you go back to the old series, the only Doctor in the old series that didn't take the role and make it their own and do a good job from the beginning was Colin Baker. Yeah. He's really the oh, only yeah. Doctor I 
didn't gel with Colin Baker. He and he was only there for two seasons, and he really even didn't get a real proper death scene. Sorry, Colin, <laughs> and I know, <laughs> and you know, I don't want to insult anybody, but he is an integral part yeah. of the series, so that when Sylvester McCoy took it over, he hit the ground running. Yeah, and if you watch the old series and think, oh yeah, I can see why they got rid of it. As soon as Sylvester McCoy hits and just ramps it back up, you start wondering why they didn't continue because his portrayal was, and I'm going to say it like this, the apology for Colin's portrayal of the <laughs> the Doctor. So, as it was... And I'm going to go back a little bit because yeah. he answered my question. The point I was getting at was, are they going to attempt to have the new doctor, now that she's female, possibly have a child in the future. I think this would be an, a better question for the next episode. Probably. Yeah, let's well, let's go ahead and go back uh, to Comic-Con. Okay, <laughs> good, because I have stuff to say, and it's actually, yes. now that we've already stated the pleasantries of Rose City Comic-Con, I'm going to give my personal negatives. Well, not all the pleasantries, but yeah, go on. <laughs> I had a lot of different experiences than everybody, so... So, the first thing was that mainly it's just about panels. I find panels a lot of time annoying outside of the celeb, celeb panels. There's only one panel I actually liked, which I'll go into in a moment, but the reason why I don't like a lot of the panels, and this actually happens with me at The Wizard, was they're not very interactive. And you're not, you're not talking about celebrity panels. No. You're talking about other informational exactly. panels and stuff. Yeah. Celeb okay. panels are very interactive half the time because they're always based, they're feeding off the questions of the, of the people. The other panels that are like the how-tos or, hey, what's coming up with a new Doctor Who? No, you most of the time the audience don't get to say or do anything. You get maybe five to ten minutes at the end of the panel, maybe, yeah. to ask questions. But majority of the time, they're not very interactive, and they're all about stuff that isn't what the panel's supposed to be about, and you get to t hear about, oh, I'm this guy owning this guy, and this is how I did it, and how I made it, and I'm like, I don't freaking care. Just give me what, you know, you're supposed to be here to tell me how to do this one thing. You're not telling me. <laughs> So that's one thing I don't like about panels. WizardCon does the same thing, so it's been kind of annoying for me. The other thing, the only panel I did like was a Diversity 101, which actually talks about more about being aware in storylines when you're make, when you're creating stories in film or books and comics that you want to try and bring more diversity into, into the stories, like yeah, yeah. color, Asians, transcends, and gay, etc., the whole lot. And I thought that was kind of cool just because we were coming to that age where we're trying to, we're still kind of borderline between, we're diversity, we're getting to the point where we're becoming more diverse, but still dragging behind. Yeah, because we're not, we're not willing to make the full extended jump. Exactly. And, so. and, and there was a little bit of that in, um, in one of the Sunday panels I went to. Mm -hmm. It was... Um, basically this panel about trolling and there was a lot of like negativity coming in on on you know from different fronts about you know like different colored um characters playing mm -hmm. certain guys you know like like the miles morales character and spider-man um you know like uh 
any kind of cosplay you see. Like, a lot of cosplayers usually get a lot of shit online. And a lot of them are, like, they pull it off fantastically. But they'll still get, like, you know, like, there was this one woman a couple of years ago um, that I'd seen who did this really awesome Wonder Woman. Uh, she was African-American. And she got so much shit for it, but she pulled it off amazingly. And she tweaked the, the outfit to kind of, you know, match who she is, which was awesome. You know? And I have to say this, because Marina Siridis, actually, as part of my question in her panel, yeah. they, they did this thing instead of, you know, what question would you want to be asked, they said, how about we do what our favorite questions are? And Marina's was, she actually got this question one time, was how come they're always casting humanoid-type aliens in the show? Yeah. And Marina kind of laughed and responded and said, well, as soon as they start getting uh, applicants who are not humanoid shaped, they'll probably start casting them as the aliens in the show. And I was like, yes! Because it doesn't matter what race, creed, or religion you are. If no. you're a fan, you're a fan. If you want to take that gender too, that was, oh, yeah. that was when we did our uh, show on the last year con, wizard con, or was it this year, where I was asking why women were playing male characters and whatnot. Gender, race, creed, religion, whatever. Play your cause. You know, put yeah. on that costume, oh, yeah. enjoy it, regardless of what anybody says, because there's one truth in this entire world is that you are never going to make everybody happy. And, and some people are going to give you crap about it. Yeah. Others are going to come up and tell you that you're brilliant and it was awesome. There was actually, the diversity actually, uh, there were actually questions in that one where, uh, that was the other cool thing, they actually allowed like 10 to 15 minutes of questions at the end. And they actually did talk briefly about uh, aliens and how you can, like this one guy was talking about, well, I want to do non-humanoids, how do I do that? And they're like, the only real way is to start as humanoids and then transfer them over. Because you have to start, because you have to give them personality. You yeah. have to give them that way. And the only way to really do that is to go by what you're relating to, which is humans. Yeah. We're all humans, we ha and that's our way of relating. And then you could transfer them into non-humans. So, and, and then providing that diversity. I, I actually have to say something about it, though. Yes. Our frame of reference is going to be humanoid-based, but lately, in a lot of shows now that are coming out nowadays, the past few years, mm -hmm. you've seen where they're breaking away from the humanoid alien because we have CGI, yep. and we oh, have yeah. brilliant CGI techniques out there. Oh. So we're starting to get the four-legged, you know, the quad-pedal aliens mm -hmm. rather than the bipedal humanoid aliens. What was Arrival? I think. Arrival's one of them. That yeah. was the one yeah. with the Arrival. Yeah. Yep. There was Arrival. I want to say there was something else recent. The one with Matthew McConaughey that goes into space uh, to save the world. That one was kind of wonky because he gets stuck in some kind of parallel universe. Yeah. And I, I know what you're talking about. Interstellar. 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 Yep. Yeah. Even, even, and I'm going to take this back to the Doctor Who universe, in Torchwood, Save the Children, yeah. 
the episode in there, the aliens in there are not humanoid. No. And, but they are using humanoid children as a drug. They're implanting them in their body and using the... Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, this has been the last few years that they're getting away from the humanoid aliens. So yeah. we'll, we'll see that transition more and more come out, I think. Now, uh, to backtrack just a little bit, um, two more things on panels, which was, and this is mostly on Rose City Comic Con. The, f- the one was, it was not fun having to check from the main room all the way to the other end to go to the panels. Yeah, the, basically all of the panels... Um, okay, so most of the showroom floor is pretty much from the center to the north side of the convention center. Um, here at the Oregon Convention Center and all of the panels, upstairs and downstairs, mm-hmm. were completely on the south side. Yes. Yeah, it, it literally... It was a long, you know, to go to the showroom floor to see things, you're like, oh, crap, we got to go to the panel. And then you'd spend... Ten minutes trekking oh, yeah. all, now, the, trekking all the way back to the other side mind, to do the panel. Keep yeah. in mind, they did have the door to the main room open on the south side, but in order to get where, if you wanted to get all the way to the north side for the actors and select the celebrities, it's pointless to go through there because even though it seems quicker, you have to still deal with all the goddamn people oh, yeah. in your way. You know, so you have to go the other way. And I'm, I'm going to make a commentary here, folks. <laughs> Knowing how heavy I am, I have to make this commentary. Because my wife said this to me as we're trekking for our third panel. She's like, why did they do this? Why did they make it? So I'm like, maybe, you know, Rose City Comic Con figured that all of the geeks of Portland needed to uh, have some exercise. You know, Almost traveling back and through. And then I paused and I looked at her or I looked around a little bit and I said you know looking around here at the Rose City Comic Con I think they were right that the geeks of Portland did need some exercise I know I was getting a workout folks so I'm not (laughs) and it was just trying to be funny and commentative okay so I'm not poking fun at anybody yes I am let's move on (laughs) my last I know we're getting ready to the end my last one this was actually the most annoying thing ever. We were at John Barman. He had politely asked the question people to sit down, which was fine. Nobody had an issue with that. We made it work. There was this idiot volunteer dude who apparently, for whatever reason, either missed this part and came in later or just didn't care. And Bob, and consistently for the first like 20 minutes asked people in that line to move to the side because he didn't appear to understand that there way that what yeah. was going on. He but kept he kept the, have, he kept asking everybody to move and stand up. Yeah. Now, the, I, I go the ahead. Play devil's advocate. He was doing his job. He was doing his job, but the stupid thing was, is that the other staff that had come before him were the ones helping us all sit down. It was yeah. other Rose City Comic Con staff helping us get arranged in the sit-down, and then 10 minutes later, this guy, who wasn't involved in the first part, is telling everybody to stand up and move. That's why I'm saying he may not have been aware of it. And, and I've got to and say this. John did say later, you know, I just told, you know, had actually noticed this about after the third time, and said, hey, I told him to sit down, and he's like, okay, and they haven't bothered us. So my statement only is, Rose City Comic Con, if you are, if you are concerned for fire lane hazards, don't put the goddamn mic in the middle of the stupid lane. 
Yeah, and you will see this also on the YouTube video because I have to comment about this whole sitting down thing. So they're like, John's like, yeah, can I have everybody sit down? And if you have trouble standing back up, just let, let us know. We'll get you some help getting back up so you can ask your questions. And so everybody sits down around me. And like I have said, <laughs> I'm a big guy. And everybody sits down around me, leaving me this one foot by one foot area to sit down in. And I'm kind of looking at it. And I kind of look up over at John. And I kind of look back down. And John's, and, and John's like, are you, are you okay, sir? Are you having trouble? Do you need help sitting down? And I'm kind of, I look at the <laughs> ground again, and I kind of hold up my hands doing this I, thing. Of course. And then the I, touch, I touch my belly and, and kind of pat my belly. And, let, and, then my, and then I hear, oh, thank you, lady. Uh, thank you, miss, for being so kind to giving him your chair and whatnot. And then she says, I'm his wife. And he says, you said you're his wife? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So, and I'm not going to spoil the rest of it because it's on YouTube. But, yeah, I mean, and I just, it was just everybody sat down around me and left this one foot space. And I'm like, really, people? Yes, I got my apple. Let's just say I got my apple panada later. Yes, she did get her apple empanada later from Taco Bell. Nice. All right, so I had a very different experience the whole weekend. Um, I started late on Friday like I did the year before. Um <laughs> And I, I checked out some of the booths. Um, I, basically, what I'm looking for, and this is none of this is sci-fi related, by the way. Um, all this is horror related, and I'll go into more depth on it in the, you know, in the uh, in the casket cast uh, later on in the week. But checked out some different places, um, and one thing I, I did see is I saw, like, a lot of, like, really inventive things this time around. A lot of it kind of reminded me of some of the things you would see at, like, a Saturday market here in Portland. And for those who don't know what a Saturday market is, basically, like, an open market um, for creators to kind of sell their wares to the public, whether they are a business or just a, you know, a really talented person. Um, and I found this one thing. Okay, so these guys did this, uh, this one guy did this, uh, thing he's got called metal soles where he takes scrap metal and makes things out of them they had probably one of the coolest alien predator and like a lot of different like uh, sci-fi horror um, themed characters made out of just welded together steel and it was really cool I think my favorite one in that group was Mega Man I actually ordered it <laughs> oh nice <laughs> so he's coming my way eventually nice um but yeah, um, so Metal Souls, uh, check them out online at metalsouls.com. Another one I actually saw as well is um, a, a group called uh, Burnt Pixels, which actually sells um, comic and geek inspired um, kind of light boxes, which I thought was really cool. Um, all the boxes are laser cut and uh, you can put your own light in the center. Uh, a lot of people will put like either lights from Fabergé eggs, those little blinking lights for like pumpkins that people have been getting uh, for Halloween, um, strobe, like mini strobes. I mean, they had a bunch of different ones on display and they even do custom orders. So if you're interested in them, uh, hit them up. Uh, you can find them on Facebook at Burnt Pixels as well as Twitter. And they're actually located here in Beaverton. Cool. So uh, I'm actually, or I'm actually going to head over there since I live close, and <laughs> that should be a pretty fun trip, because uh, I, I want my own personal Halloween box. With nice. Michael Myers' mask, a pumpkin, maybe another version of the mask, and a knife. Um, definitely want something cool like that. Um, and then there was a game I found that was super fucking fun, and I actually bought it, took it home, 
played around with it. Um, and it's actually a real fun tabletop called Someone Has Died. <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, this game, their tagline, a silly game about serious business. And you can find them um, on uh, someonehasdied.com. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I will say, okay, for a game, for a lot of tabletop games, they have a lot, a lot of very, or very games, like the game Gloom, which is basically a game about, like, suicide. You're trying to kill yourself and your opponents are trying to save you. Um, <laughs> this game is basically, <laughs> That like, one's kind of morbid. It is pretty morbid. And, yeah. And in this game, somebody has died already. It's almost like, it's almost like the, the backwards end of Monopoly. Let's say Monopoly <laughs> was life and death. And you basically get have all this equity. The arbitrator basically has to choose, based on how the players are playing, who they're going to give the fortunes to. Um, and it, it gets really weird. And, mm. But it's, def- it's only a three-player and up game, so, um, and only two players are really playing competitively against each other. I was thinking about fucking with a friend of mine and just playing one-on-one <laughs> and not telling them that there's supposed to be like an arbitration that goes on, but that's just me. And uh, my final news for this section uh, will be for the Northwest Horror Network, uh, which is also a locally based group. Um, they do different kinds of uh, horror cosplay and charity. Um, they're headed by the lovely Brandy Dixon, who was actually dressed up as a character from V, which totally got me. Original V or remake V? Original V. Nice. Yeah, and she even had this. Um, she had this really great like uh, sign that showed um, uh, Brian or Mark Singer's character. Nice. And it said "Wanted by the Visitors" <laughs> at the bottom. It's nice. got his face all like. It just. It was great. Um, nice. But they're going to be at the Yukon uh, uh, convention here in uh, Eugene, Salem, or, or Eugene, uh, just a little further out from Salem. Um, the Yukon is actually going to be uh, from November 10th to the 11th. I'm going to totally fucking be there because they're not saying this. He's not actually a mentioned guest, but... Spoiler! 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 dun dun da He's everybody's worst nightmare in the world of horror, and that's all I'm giving you. Oh, I know who that is. (laughs) Jason, right? (laughs) 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 Wait, wait, Leatherface. Which one? There's been like 15 of them, right? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So we're not going to say anything. And um, I also have an interview with... uh, um, uh, illustrator uh, Brian or Bill McKay, who um, actually does a lot of his own comics as well as the cover arts for the graphic novel um, Zombie Tramp, and that's a super fun comic, by the way. And, and we do have a lot of audio from uh, RCCC, so uh, not sure how producer Ryan here is going to fit that all in, or if he's just going to post post it up on the website as additions, but hopefully um, you'll get to hear some of it, or all of it, if he posts it right. I mean, John Barman's panel alone was like an hour, and I got the whole thing recorded, so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but again, it's also on YouTube, so. Yeah, and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll keep everybody posted, um, probably throw it up in chunks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just to mess with everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, my part, my part's got to be on there. I'm sorry. And I know, actually, it's already in the episode. Okay, I'll shut up again. You could post it again. You could play it again. I wouldn't be offended. That's all right. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw a bone to 
Northwest Nude Podcast. Um, I got to meet Dyer and his buddy over at the Rose City Comic Con. We were waiting for Espionage and some other people to show up at a meetup that actually didn't quite show up, but I got to meet Dyer and Dyer, excuse me, and he was a nice guy and got to talk a little bit about what we do as a Rotten Corpse Radio. And apparently, Northwest Nerd Podcast is up for is nominated is being nominated for Geek of the Year. Yeah, and best I podcast think, award. So mm. yeah, good I, job, guys. And yep. Yeah. And I think there's one more day to vote. So you know, go up there and vote for them because they're they're nice guys and I'm sure they deserve it. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely be in support. So Northwest, and they're local. Got to support the local guys. Got to support, support the, the local, local guys. Um, <laughs> of course, one of my favorite local podcasts, other than ours, is the Horror Brew Podcast. Who actually? Wait, um, there's other podcasts. Who? Nobody told me that. We're competing. How come I am the last to know? So, <laughs> the Horror Brew Podcast uh, not only do um, a biweekly uh, podcast strictly for horror, um, and they also talk about um, different. Uh, hot spots in the Portland area for alcohol, uh, breweries, bars, different locations. But at the bar that they currently run, which is Home A Bar, which has the stupidest name in the world, they actually host probably one of the coolest trivia nights I've ever been to. Is so, it horror trivia? It's all horror trivia. Nice. I would fail. Probably. I would totally fail. I may not fail too much because I know some horror... However, I have fallen off the wagon, so to speak, so I may go ahead, but fail at the same time. They do a lot of different, um, like, they kind of hit all over the place. They go from independence, uh, foreign films, video games, um, novelists, mainstream, classic, like, um, they'll go as far back as, like, the 50s, all the way to modern and they're it's always over the all over the board and they always have really cool theme nights and some of the questions are like curveballs you just don't expect them our podcast has actually won second place there before so nice uh, at some point we'll get first place but i don't know when that is (laughs) you know we're talking about this we're we're talking about this and, and you can totally cut this section out if you want or cut out what i'm gonna say here but uh, we're talking about this, and I'm wondering, maybe we should, for our podcasts, start putting in, like at the beginning or very end, a trivia question about our genre that we're doing. And it's our job to make it as difficult as possible, and it's our listeners' job to not look it up on Google and answer it. That is, the, that is the tough one. Actually, uh, Stavro, uh, Stavropocracy, my co-host on the Casket Cast, he catches me doing that all the time when I can't remember names. <laughs> I forget names so bad. He, he, so names, do I. Totally. Names like people I should totally fucking know of movies I've seen hundreds of times. And I just forget. I'm like, I can't even remember what that, what that movie was called. Like it just, I can, for the most part... You asked me which doctor played, you know, who was the first, second, third. I could tell you the doctor's names on any given day. Yeah. Except for whatever reason, and at this moment, I cannot think of his name. The second Doctor Who, 
from the original series. His name just falls out of my head repeatedly. I cannot think of what his name is right this second. And right this second, Heather is also pulling a me. And, and looking him <laughs> up on Google. If you ask me tomorrow, I will know his name. But right this second, for whatever reason, his name falls out of my head. But every other one does not. If only had Siri activated on my phone. I know, phone, right? I would be like, Siri, who was the second Doctor in the original Doctor Who series? <laughs> It just pop up. Yeah, I, for the life of me, cannot bring his name to my mind. Mm. Uh, I can it. see his face in my fucking oh, head. Oh, yeah, too. totally can. And he did a brilliant job as the doctor. Because wasn't he the first doctor who crossed over from black and white to color? Yes. Yeah. See, and there's Bradley Walsh, there's William Hartnell, Tom nope. Baker. Nope. Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston. Nope. Eccleston. David Bradley, Colin Baker. David Bradley? First Doctor. That's not... David Bradley was not the first Doctor. Well, it says on here it is. He's probably... They're probably talking about the guy who subs as him in the newer episodes. Oh, Pertwee. yeah, maybe. Yeah. John Pertwee was the third Doctor. Peter Davidson. Fourth, uh... Why is this sixth, not in the frickin' order? Fifth Doctor was Peter <laughs> Davidson. Patrick Troughton, the Doctor. Patrick Troughton is the second yeah. Doctor. So I had to go list room because they're not I all I can see his crazy-looking hair in my head. Too. Yeah, like and just... quaff and... <laughs> yeah. Patrick Troughton. And I don't know why, of all the doctors, I cannot always remember his name. Yeah. All the rest of them I can. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's one of those things, you know. Yeah. It's like... All I have to say is, gotta love Google because it's a bitch without it. And I love Patrick Troughton's <laughs> run as the doctor. I think he was brilliant at it. Yeah. Oh, he he was, was pretty good. You know, of all the doctors... He was the one who was actually, and maybe we should be doing this on the Doctor Who episode, but of all the doctors, he was the cautious doctor. He was, the, he was more of a thinker than any of the other doctors. He would think out the problem, and if necessary, take action. Yeah. If there was a way around taking action, he would use it. All the other doctors, aside from William Hartnell, who was the first, and they were building the series off of him, Patrick Troughton's doctor betrayed the the tactical runaway to survive another yeah. day doctor. Maybe that's why you can't remember his name. No, but I think he was brilliant at it. Yeah. Alright, so uh, we will pick up our Doctor Who discussion on next week's episode of the Sci-Files and you can follow us on social media. You can find Axel at the Voice of Axel. Um, on Facebook, Heather is at your story, your story discovered, and uh, Ryan is at Rotten Corpse Radio. Yep, or Rotten Corpse ENT because we can't figure out um, a short enough name for renaming our Twitter handle for some reason. I don't want to call it RC Radio because then it sounds like we're remote cars. Rotten yeah, you're like a fake Coca-Cola Ooh. product. Rotten Corpse Rad. Rotten Corpse Rad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Our Corpse Rad. Rad. Yeah, Our Corpse Radio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, should, I, should, I, should, I should start using that one. Don't look up that one yet. It's not available. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we'll be updating the website here pretty soon. Um, I have been having major technical difficulties on my end at home, so I apologize for anybody who's been looking for updated information. Um, you can always search out our Facebook and or our Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr for all of that. Um, and our usual shout out to Anchor, Anchor. our media F- platform. Yep. Anchor.fm. Ah, they've been so good to us so far. Yeah. Thank you for existing. 
Oh, man. Without you, we could not exist. We would have never got on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks for listening, y'all. And uh, if you have any content that you'd like us to go over whatnot, make sure to give us a, a, a poke and let us know Ooh. so that we can put it in our routine. And if you really want to spin our heads, come up with some trivia questions so we can answer them. So we can answer them. That's yeah. a good idea, yeah. too. There you yeah, go. There yeah, there you go. Um, so the, yeah, just uh, and we will try not to use Google, right? Yep. Yes. And okay. use the and use the hashtag sci files. Leave out the hyphen in between sci and files, and that's files with a P. And yes, files with a P and an H, and this has actually become a thing. I've actually been now that now we've got the cards, and I handed a bunch out at, at uh, RCCC. But a couple of people that I've, you know, yeah, check out sci files, and they've come back to me and said, you know, I tried to look up that sci files thing, but I couldn't find it. And then I hand him the card, and they're like, oh, it's with a PH. That's why I couldn't find it. Yeah, it's, so, like, it's, it's like Xenophile or, or uh, a PH because any we kind don't of have file. a D. Yeah. And it, or, you know, it, yeah, file, PH, as in you're putting it on, like, uh, like he says, Xenophile or, you know, a coinophile or a stampophile, somebody who likes something. We're just like, yeah, we're just like that for science fiction. Yeah. It's PH without a D. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we'll check y'all later. Ah. This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.